Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, Radio Hotman. For those who don't know, Radio Hotman, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotman. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Five, four, three, two, one. G'day viewers and welcome to episode 79 of Radio Hot Lap, that zany, light-hearted podcast that takes a look at the world of local, international motorsport, barbecues, and gadgets and emerging technologies. And a few other controversial subjects. JP, how are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Johnny, how are you? Excellent. On you this had a good weekend at the Grand Prix? I have, and there's lots to be told there. Yeah. But uh, isn't, it, isn't it pleasant that uh, the temperature's just a little under 35 degrees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a 15-day record of 35-plus here in sunny Adelaide. Well, sunny Adelaide. Actually, it's quite pleasant. It is. It's cooled right down now, viewers, so we're, we're, we're all happy again. Thank goodness for air conditioning. Do you think I need the sock on, mate, with all that car noise going on? I don't know whether it makes a lot of difference. It's not a very sock big on, sock. Sock off. Well, we're recording directly into the little uh, micro memo, which has become very popular, I've noticed, mm. uh, around uh, the um, motorsport uh, fraternity. Well, and, uh, and uh, in the general reporting fraternity. Because, absolutely. You know, report, record straight to your iPod. There we were at Clipsal 500, and uh, there was Jack Ellsgood being... Uh, interviewed by uh, Wade Anger with one of these, yep. and uh, Jackie looked at me and he said, uh, "Geez, Johnny, you used to you, that's that's what you used to do." And I said, hey, "Someone's <laughs> got to innovate, exactly. <laughs> Someone's got to be first. Two thousand and five. Thanks yeah, for I'm coming. Yeah. Oh, we're getting back to it. I'll tell you. We're going to get a few fans. Absolutely. Mate, uh, what, what are you, you drinking? drinking? <laughs> <Snack>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on the light beer today. Why is that, mate? Is that well, a new label? I've got to drive home, and I was a bit thirsty, so I thought, no, do the right thing. If you're thirsty, buy light beer. So, there you go. So I've got the Cascade Premium Light. Genuine which, purity from Tasmania. Which is, out of all the light beers that are out there, I think this is definitely the, the superior one. It certainly costs more. At 2.7, it's uh, fairly... How does it rate up against uh, the uh, Cooper's Premium Light, of which we have? A couple of cases there in the fridge, courtesy of Glen Cooper and uh, Well, if I'd have known that, I probably wouldn't have bought this, but there you go. Well, I try not to know anything about it, but yeah, would well, you like to take a case home with you? Well, I wouldn't say no, that's all right. right now, okay, well, on the light beer, you know. I don't know if you'd like to, I didn't know if you could have one. I don't mind the Cooper's Premium Light, but uh, the Cascade's very, very pleasant. So. Okay, I'm going down to the cellar. Yeah. Immediately, otherwise I will forget to get you a case of premium light right at this minute. Oh, while you introduce <coughs> the wine, while I introduce the while I introduce the wine. Okay. Well, I popped into the uh, local bottle shop and uh, I saw that they had this Skiller Galee Take Two uh, sitting there. It's a 2003 Shiraz Cab. Uh, for those of you who've never been to the Clear Valley, um, it's it's a Clear Valley uh, wine. Very, very pleasant indeed. And Skilligalee, viewers, if you do go to the Clare Valley, is an absolute top place to stay. Uh, not to stay as in overnight stay, but to go and have lunch. They've got a great little restaurant, uh, top little winery. Skilligalee? Yep, 
beautiful scenery. Um, sit out, look across the across the vines and across the vineyards. And um, yep, Skilligley top spot. Ta da! There you go, premium light, oh, all mold. Very good. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Thank you, Glenn. Well, when, why don't you have? I don't think there's a cold here, but I'll check. Why don't you just give it a bit of a taste test between the two? Checking again. Uh oh. Because he started talking, so I put a chip in my mouth. But sorry, viewers. None to no be had. Bit. That's right. I remember none no in the fridge. Oh well, it doesn't matter. I'll grab one later on. Um. Yeah. So skillagalee. What's it like, Johnny? Because you're trying that out, aren't you? It's not too shab. Not too shab. What? That's good to hear. Rusty sausages here. Hello, dogs. Mm. Very happy that the hot weather is finished and um, having a bit of a sniff <laughs> of the old malt case. Definitely a sniff. Mm. And we're actually in the uh, the front yard of uh, Radio Potlap World Headquarters, rather than the uh, the back yard. Posterior. Yeah. Which is a nice change. Having it's a bit of an internal renovation yeah. going on. Mm. Um, uh, all good. Just changing a bit of furniture around. Excellent. Okay. Well, so mate, it looks tell like me you're... about your weekend. Oh, mate, I'll get into it in a minute. After I've had oh, a couple of huh? you've got oh, some okay. stuff there. I can see that you've made oh. a few notes, and this time I'm not really ready. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's okay. Oh. Viewers. Yeah. Viewers. Yeah. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the first thing, International Crusher. Yes, opening an office in Charlotte. Uh, exactly. He, no, is. he is a big charlatan now, yeah. It's new offices in Melbourne. Chris Lambden's taking yeah. up the operation there. He is, and uh, in Charlotte. So uh, the old crusher's moving to North Carolina with his family. So uh, there you go. So I guess the international Paulie and, uh, and Dennis have got a place to sleep next time they're in the States. So, oh, well, international Paulie has anyway, of course, with Jen's parents over there. But there you go. They're down south too. They are. Where the buffaloes so, run. Mm. <laughs> where the, where the um, uh, tornadoes go. Uh, Atlanta got ripped apart by a tornado the other day. Well, I would uh, I would be a bit... Um, yeah, a bit qu I'm not worried, but uh, obviously Crush is uh, expanding. And I think that was a very natural uh, thing that he was going to do, considering his relationship with Marcus Ambrose and Marcus Ambrose going forward Absolutely. in the... Um, in the NASCAR uh, racing yes. scene, and it's an exciting bit of um, racing because it's such huge business to business, and Crush is very good at add business to business. Yep. And um, I'm uh, very uh, no congratulations pleased to have Crusher. him as my competitor. Yeah. No, he's uh, now Crush has been around for a long while. Geez, I tell you what, it's uh, amazing when you think back to uh, I think it was 1997. When I first met him, when we were when I was at Bathurst with International Pauling, certainly a lot of water's gone under the bridge since then. Now he's he's still looking after Team Australia, but there's a little bit of controversy there with regards to. Was it uh, controversy? Or, or it could be controversy, or it could be controversy. Let me tell you, I think I know for a fact that it will be nothing to do with monies owed to anybody. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. I mean, no one does the wrong thing in motorsport. No, of course not. So. That's that's the reason, obviously, why nobody owes anybody any money or anything like Craig Gore. What, what, do, you, well, what do we know? Allegedly, of allegedly. What's what's, Craig the, Gore, what's the noise, mate? Allegedly, um, US one point five mil, and that's what uh, Walker Racing owner Derek Walker 
um, once for Craig, and it's it's actually he says that it's from 2007. So um, mm, be interesting to see how that all pans out. Now I understand that there was supposed to be a um, a no legal eagles involved um, out of court. Friends, let's shake hands and uh, do a deal settlement that was supposed to be organised by yesterday. Uh, I haven't heard any more to, to know whether or not that's actually occurred. But uh, interesting. One and a half million would not appear to be a lot of money uh, to a man uh, like uh, Craig Gore who has got great vision and uh, the ability to be able to generate new business. But I think it would probably, if that was the case, it would be the principle of the matter. No one likes to be being put in a corner and... And of course the media, you know, uh, you've got to be careful, the media, mm-hmm. don't call us media, we're, no. we're like, true media, uh, true, you're true friends, <laughs> you, we wouldn't tell anything, <laughs> we wouldn't tell anything wrong. We're mediocrity. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Are we? So, anyway. Uh, you know, they, I'm sure it will be as the press say settled amicably yeah unlike Heather Mills oh man did what did she do herself a lot of damage or what I don't know did she I was oh, only, I'm only mate, hearing just moments of every every news bulletin every I was even made the front page of I mean why would the Adelaide advertiser have else to something about Heather Mills on the front page I mean what uh, what's she ever done for us what a laugh but she certainly didn't do herself any favours. Well, it's a boon for the uh, rumour mongers. carrying on and, you know, Don't you yeah, think? whatever. Oh, yeah, I guess. So I figure that on that basis that she might come out with a new book from Mills and Boone. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> you saw that coming, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Poor uh, well, I, then I heard that um, what when, she when, the, when the judge awarded her, what did he order? 50 Four, mil. 53. 53. And she reckoned that uh, Uncle Paul was worth uh, 1.7 billion, and they, yeah, they call, like that. and then their record showed but, 860 or something. But like because that. but because the judge had already uh, made the judgment, she didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll go to a higher court, won't she? And have more more. I don't think so. Do, do you think I that any she'll take lawyer... the money and run? No, I don't think she will. Oh, I think oh, she's one of these narcs that are going right. to do that. I mean, this is where well, the other business comes into the Radio Hot Lab show. Nothing to do with motorsport. Really? Nothing no. to do? Absolutely not. But we thought we'd bring it up. <laughs> we did. Just well, you did, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can... The light is absolutely uh, spectacular at this time right, of day. Uh, sitting out stunning. the front of the... Uh, uh, RHW uh, HQ. Um, yes. RHW HQ. It's very good. I like that. <laughs> the old acronyms coming out. We might be going out for a bit of Canazy tonight. Canazy. Canazy Chinese. Kanwa. Okay, so um, let's rewind, mate. The last time we met, it was Clipsal 500. After that, we had a bit of a, a, a wrap and uh, went to the grill. Uh, what's happened after that? Well, but I went on a very interesting event. I went off to New Zealand to, to, yes. to, for a bit of a social, and then I came back and um, I got back in on the on the Saturday night uh, late um, and got went straight 
to the wine centre for a bit of a function up there, which was uh, very oh, nice. Really? With uh, opposite the grill, Peter, <laughs> Peter Washington's mm-hmm. um, uh, Mountain Motorsports uh, operation, who have relaunched the Grand Prix Rally. Now, the Grand Prix Rally was in its heyday a huge event that travelled from Melbourne to Adelaide. That's right, and went through all sorts. And that's of when it was huge. Huge. Well, it only got approved a couple of months out, so the field was definitely not the two or three hundred that it was previously. But what a great event it was! Um, leaving on the Sunday in critical heat to mm-hmm. um, starting from Victoria Square out for some um, some uh, Motocana around the Mitsubishi plant. Oh yes, uh, out out near your neck of the W. Yep, yep. And then on to uh, absolutely terribly hot Malala oh, before wow. finishing at uh, Tanunda for dinner. And I had a, I'm pleased to report Whereabouts that Tanunda? Tanunda was held at Peter Lehman's. Ah. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, that's nice. Adelaide I thought I'd never been there and had a drink before. <laughs> Although I suddenly remember I have. Yeah, a year before last. But we weren't driving. I think there was some uh, glasses of white wine consumed. It was actually a pretty, uh, a pretty nice experience. Um, from then, the, the, there, the next wet. day. So you overnighted in overnighted in, in Tanunda, yeah. and the next day we. Um, Oh, sneezed. <laughs> <coughs> As the pollen came through from the north, uh, shot off uh, to Collingrove. Oh, yeah, hill climb. Hill climb for yeah. in the morning. Was that good? Uh, yeah, well, it what was... What were you in? What car were you in? You in? Oh, well, I was uh, provided... Mitsubishi provided me with a brand new uh, 380, thank you very oh, much. Very nice. With, uh, I think it was a, a, a GVX or something like that, with all oh. the leather and the wings and... I mm. thought it was a pretty okay car to yeah. drive. The air was good. <laughs> well, and, it it was, and, and it needed to be. And it only had 250 k's on the clock when I got it. Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> wrecked by the time it got back <laughs> to Melbourne, 3,000 kilometres later. But, uh, yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed that. Now, I was, I was going along in the capacity of photographer and videographer, so I wasn't competing. Oh, right. Okay. And so I you're filling me in on details I didn't know, know now. Anything. You see, it was a pain I job. just thought you got a ring in as a blooming navigator for someone. No. Yeah. No. Listen. <laughs> you don't tell me. It was, it was actually quite pleasant, other than the heat. And lots of uh, interesting people. And you know how I like to do photography in the evening after I've had a couple of wines and I'm in everyone's face. And much like the wedding stuff that you've seen, JP. Yeah, You're capturing everybody's... Uh, That's what, right. Idiosyncratic bits and pieces. What, funny that, that I've been doing it after wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have something to do with it. But everyone seemed to in, enjoy it. And uh, the, on the Monday, got up and, yeah, Colin Grove and then cleared <clears throat> it off to go across the uh, ferry at Swan Reach. Oh, right. So that was a nice little photographic opportunity yeah. for me to be there. And then nipping down uh, the back uh, road there and on to uh, lunch at Wakery, where oh, yeah. we uh, had it on a paddle steamer. Oh, oh very nice. nice. And, uh, we had a good lunch at the Wakery pub the first time you came on the... We had a great lunch. Houseboat. Uh, and the, uh, Irrelevant Weekend. That's right. And we had a when really you good magazine. Like a dingo. Diggo magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and no a nice waitress, too. No longer <laughs> But there you go. And everybody was, jo- was drinking lemonade, lime and bitters. And I thought, well, that's very responsible. It's also very good. Obviously, no one can have a drink. Not that, that, and yep. It's a full CAMS event. And the yep. CAMS viewers were on there, like in vigilantes, as they were. 
but I thought, well, um, why do people have uh, a um, uh, lemonade lime and bitters? Is it the drink of drinks to be had? Or, and uh, it was explained to me, well, it's the beer. It's the drink that looks closest like a beer from a distance. Oh. It's, uh, it's fizzy and it's got that. Oh, it looks like you're having a bit of a nice time. Oh, I see. I Off from there good. to a long transport stage to Mildura. Oh, yeah, it would have been a long transport stage. It was a long transport stage. Um, and that's where it started to get a bit vague for me. Because we were staying at the Grand Hotel, which is the fancy old hotel with a, a lovely restaurant down in a cellar. Mm-hmm. And a, a couple of restaurants and all there. And, and a, a function, it's a bit of a rabbit warren of a hotel. And there was a non Australian at the front desk. <coughs> who incorrectly um, provided information about internet access, uh, as you'd expect. Yeah, of course. Because they know everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so, they, you know, mm. better than most. Broadband, wireless. <coughs> yeah, go on. It's not like that in Mumbai. <laughs> but uh, I came down and I said, look, I just wanted to ask just a quick question. Where, where, where should we go to eat? He goes, "Oh, everything's closed." I said, "Well, actually, everything." Ev- I said, "Actually, like that's a bit of a problem because you see, there are sixty people staying here on this event, who all want and and, and they, they're into a, a, a do out there between eight and probably nine nine thirty while presentations are given out, and uh, we really need to sort of eat after that because oh, there'd be nothing open." It's a public holiday. I said, but, but you actually, when we booked this place, you told us that the restaurant would be open. Oh, well, there's been a mistake. <laughs> I said, well, I'll tell you, you're going to have 60 people who are going to come down here and there's nothing I can do. Nothing. I said, well, maybe you can have a look around town and sort of see, find out what's open. No, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull your visa. <laughs> he said, you can go next door to the pizza cafe... I said, well, I don't know how many people like pizza. Yeah. Well, ring and find out when they're open. Okay. They're open till 11, he tells me. Fine, fair enough. I come out and go to the bathroom halfway through the presentation. He goes, sir, don't call me, sir. Hmm? He says, actually, they're open till 10. I said, well, that's all right. We'll be fine. So we've got there. And, and I've said, come on, we've got to go. If you want to eat, let's get out of this thing here with the free drinks and, and go and go and have dinner because it, it, it's going to be right. pear-shaped. So we've walked in, and I've walked in first up, and I said, look, I'm going to need a table for a million people. And <laughs> they've gone, uh, oh, well, we're, we're, we're about to close. I said, no, you're not. You, you don't close till 10, and it's 20 past 9, so that's all going to be fine. And, oh, that looks good over there, eight. She goes, oh, well, well, well you can't have pasta. I said, why can't we have pasta? <laughs> she said, oh, because pasta shuts at 9.30. I said, but it's 20 past 9, so that's all right. She goes, oh. So I went, where are all these people? So all these people start fronting around. I said, come on, quick, get in, get, get in. And anyway, they all walk straight past me, and the lady goes, can I help you? And she, they, they said, yeah, we're, we're here for dinner. She goes, I've got a lovely table here for you. And she goes, and I go, but that's my table. I said, I'm sorry they were here first, sir. And I went, but they are the people I'm trying to bring in. <laughs> and she said, you can sit on the street. And it was like 42 degrees. No, you know, yeah, no, at that time. Right. Anyway, so we finally sat down. And I went, right, 
Oh, the lamb chops. And they go, oh, the lamb chops are off. I said, what do you mean? She says, it's after 9.30. She says, yes, that's right, we told you. You can't have pasta after 9.30. I said, well, when's lamb chops pasta? Exactly. She says, well, they're part of the pasta menu. You can't have them. <laughs> so it got ugly from there. <laughs> it got ugly. <laughs> and I walked out. I can out imagine how. And I didn't pay. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Mm-mm. So that was Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go from Mildura? You can now understand why Rick and, and Todd don't live in Mildura anymore. The Kelly brothers, they just don't like it, and it's very hot, and there's zero. And they can't get them. They can't get a meal. I think that if there had been an Australian operating the front desk, they would have probably been. Um, sympathetic and bothered to try to find out whether there might be something else open in town. Well, you'd like to hope so. Because I didn't realise that not only was it a holiday in South Australia Yes, on the Monday Adelaide Cup, cut lunch Yeah, um, it's also a holiday in Victoria What? Well, well I don't know what for no, it's not a... It is a holiday in Victoria yeah. well, I don't know what for either Lent. Must be so, Who lent what to who? You never get it back. <laughs> exactly. The following morning, I uh, didn't get up very early uh, whilst the motor car went on along the river. And um, after that, I um, got a pie. A pie. And uh, took a long drive to Swan Hill on my own. Oh, yeah. Down the Murray Valley Highway. Which you frequented somewhat other times. I did. The uh, arriving in Swan Hill is now a vague recollection to me. A vague? Vague. I'm struggling. Ah, no, now I'm remembering. Also by the river with flies. Flies. And a a little bit of a a motor carna. Actually, this was interesting. It was a blind motor carna. They actually blindfolded the drivers... And the navigators talk them round. Talk them round. I've never yeah. seen it before. It's that actually good. And, and, and there were a couple of cones <coughs> there, yeah. and they had to get round. It was, it was, was it good. Pretty, well, it was, it was, it was quite surprising, and a lot of people found it harder than they uh, anticipated <laughs> to be. And I imagine it would be, especially when you're driving, you know, for Porsche turbos and Jenny <laughs> threes and things like that. But there's some interesting cars, you know, from from uh, R32, th- R33, R34, uh, Caterhams. Um, 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 MX-5s with Nissan turbo engines, GT, as I said, several Porsche turbos, Mustangs, Boxsters, all sorts of real combination. Mm. Then travelling on to Shepparton Uh in the evening, which was actually a very pleasant uh, night, uh, with pretty much transport all the way. Um, and uh, a dinner at Cellar 47, which uh, Penny Washington knew the people over the years. Very, very nice people. Right. The next morning, off to DECA, which is the driver oh, yeah. enhanced... Yeah. Education uh, sender. Okay. Yeah. Skid pans and, yeah. and really interesting bits of road. You could really sort of get some times down on. There was lots of fun doing that. Before, off to uh, the airport, which they closed Shepparton Airport for us to do. Drags, really? Oh, it's great! I want them in a hoot. Yeah, and some of these cars were were, were pretty <laughs> fast down there. 
But one of the one of the guys who was running an R33 was sitting there, and I was sitting with John Emery, who's an old uh, commentator and been around motorsport forever, and we're just having lunch, sort of, uh, courtesy of the same people um, from the Seller uh, 47, uh, and uh, just watching them sort of going, and it just it's a bit like the Salt Lake, so like right, amazing. Get a bit of you know, heat geez, they're yeah. really getting going. Anyway, this guy's going, oh, he, he, he's the guy, I can't, I'm with you. you know, we've, we've done, I've done the maths and everything. We'll be doing 365 kilometres an hour. Is that right? And I went, that's more than the Formula One car. <laughs> Terminal he goes, speed. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, no, no, it's 750 kilowatts at the rear wheels. It doesn't really sort of sound right to me. No, he's, he's, I'm going to turn the phone on in the car and everyone can listen. Anyway, I think went down the road about 150 kilometres an hour. I went, mate, he just got the biggest wood duck award for the night. <laughs> and he, he, was a, he was a goose from there. Was he, he, had, was he unhappy? Well, he was just a, uh, a typically um, overly egotistical non-Australian. Ooh. Not that they're bad people. No. Because they cook not. well. Mm. But he didn't need to. Why would you go on about it? Yeah, exactly. Why would you? Love them to death. Oh, well. Thank you for their... Uh, so... So that was it then? After no. You, no? After Vince Shepard? No. No, from there we went on to the Heathcote Drags. <laughs> really? Yeah, later on, over across a, a really interesting weir of a very old bridge yeah. to the Heathcote Drags, and then um, to uh, Ballarat. Oh, right, yeah. For dinner in the yeah. mining exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really good. Mm. And that wasn't it either. <laughs> because after that... It was Did time. you stay the night at Ballarat? No, no. It was time Went to do the town. night navigation to oh, Geelong. Really? <laughs> and what about fun? Starting at nine o'clock, where it was just oh, about yeah. to get dark, and Peter Washington would gave everyone the notes at one minute to nine, and it was <laughs> freaking out. Anyway, I did a beeline down there to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> to read them all there and taking photos all the way. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, no, there's plenty yeah, of photos. Yeah. I took about uh, 7,000 photos. Only 7,000, that's all right. In three hours of video. Yeah. And then the following morning. Which was, was what day? Where, uh, where are we up to We're up to Thursday morning. Right. Thursday morning, we uh, then went uh, and did a, a, a photo shoot down on the pier. Uh, then a run. At Geelong. At Geelong. Geelong. And, yeah. yep, and then the, a, a little. One eighth mile drag <laughs> down drag. the fort down the drag. foreshore. Oh no, that, don't they do historics down there once a year? Well, I don't. There's know. a little meat that happens. Yeah, I'm sure it is. A little bit. They of drag meat. historics down there. Some vegetables <laughs> on the side. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was all pretty good. Excellent. And uh, the cops uh, came around. Then it was uh, it was a transport to the biggest dump in the world, which is the west side of Melbourne, <laughs> um, and. Uh, Called a park. Ah, called oh my god, it was stinking hot. Mate, that place, I haven't been there since we went years ago when we were doing stuff with JB and Caterpillar. Right, yeah, yeah. It is just a total dump. Mm. It is like trucks and dry, and uh, the country is just really bad out there. Mm -hmm. There's ugly yeah. stuff. And following that, on to a, a little bit of a cocktail poo party at yeah. Docklands. Oh, yeah. Um, to be okay, finishing okay. up the following night, and the uh, the Top floor on the on the roof of the uh, Langham Hotel in uh, Southbank, looking down over Flinders Street yep. Station, nice. yep. not where Pumpkin was found. <laughs> so it was uh, our, uh, um, Spencer Street, right? And a Federation Square where someone was recently bashed. Oh, that's terrible. Before
before going to the Grand Prix the next day. As you do. So I think it's got great potential. The people I uh, I met there were wonderful, and uh, it's an exciting event for those, and plenty of activity, and it's, it's well run. And I uh, suggest everyone goes and have a look at the images at gprally.com. Right now, okay, just on that note, is it just running from Adelaide every year, or <clears throat> excuse me? I mean, presuming that Melbourne holds on to the Grand Prix, I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll well, be going, which, which it will do next year. No, it'll anyway, be going so. through Darwin and then we'll be getting a boat to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> or back to Mumbai, because they reckon India's got their hands up. But there you go. That would make sense considering there's an Indian. Exactly. And you can't tell me that the uh, the um, the Indian equivalent, what, are they, what did they refer to him as all weekend on the coverage? Who? Uh, the Indian who's got all the money. Um, oh, the Indian equivalent of Richard Branson, that's right. He's sponsoring the team. Uh, yes. Um, now, I don't think that he'd be throwing that much money at Formula One unless he knew something about the potential for getting a race in India. I think it's probably very political in, in India that, that Formula One could bring a huge amount of uh, world um, credibility, mm-hmm. a huge amount of credibility to India. That, that in no disrespect, India is still a not quite, it's still a bit of a third world nation. Yeah, it's still regarded respect. that way a bit. Yeah. Um, and it really For needs sure. to uh, probably move itself uh, forward. But, but you know, with a number of people there, how the hell do you do that? You've just got such extremes of, um, of wealth and poverty mm. and such vast numbers of people with nowhere to go. I, I, I don't know quite how that works. Yeah. Well, I guess it'll all pan out. We'll find out soon enough. Yep. Anyway, Bernie will get it all organised with him. So the Grand Prix itself, did you ha- did you hang around and watch on the weekend? And you know, I have to admit to you, JP, that I did not see a single Formula One car. Is that right? I had a few meetings with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew you had meetings, including Toyota Formula mm-hmm. One. It was a very uh, I was very pleased to be able to have a chat to them after the uh, the stuff that had gone on in Cologne, but I yep. physically never went to the side of the track right. to Factory see watch. a physical yep. car go past of any kind. Oh no, that's not true. I saw one of the new Fiat. Uh, oh yeah, five hundreds. Five hundreds that obviously they crush well. <laughs> if you notice that they they fall I on their side. Uh, that uh, Darcy managed to yep. roll on the side, and suddenly yeah. it became. A bit of a para- parallelogram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's a cross. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've watched obviously on TV because of being uh, thirty-nine degrees one day and forty-one the next. I think on it, the weekend. I've never seen um, such a small amount of people there, JP. I yeah. mean, that it just the place was completely empty. It was so grey. It was so like. You know, unfert, non-fertile. Yeah, I was just the. It was just terrible. Yeah, the way it was. There were little bits of grass verge. Yeah, um, around the racetrack that would be on camera that yeah. were greened, but everything that the public got was just absolutely shocking. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they've been on water restrictions longer than we have. So, uh, well, know. without a doubt, the uh, the figures would be have to be manufactured because there was just simply no one there. Mm. See, they said they were up this year compared to last year because the V8s were backed. Absolute rubbish. 
I mean, it didn't look like it on TV. I must have been. The TV coverage was spectacular. I thought Channel 10 did an absolutely superlative job. They kept it all interesting. Uh, yep, I'd have to agree with that. And, just, uh, it was superb, really was. There's someone uh, <laughs> rang me earlier in the week to say, I've come to the conclusion that Formula One drivers can't actually really drive race cars. Yeah. Um, on the basis that they knew control ECU. Yep. Um, that... Um, has taken away some of the electronic uh, yep, drive uh, aids. Drive aids. Is yep. it is it traction control? Yep. And, traction uh, and, and ABS. Yep. And engine braking. Well, they're all uh, they're all making a lot of mistakes. They are. Which is what they said that was going to happen. Which, but I thought well, we made the racing race. Except Lewis but, Hamilton. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. True. Oh, and there were a couple others who, who shone too. Uh, Bordeaux was was going. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, that's right. That, 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 I thought that was the saddest thing that he yeah. would have an engine failure. Yeah. I know. Uh, so like close three laps. Three yeah. laps from the end on debut. But yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah. No. I mean, there, there were definitely some good steers and whatnot happening there, and, and I think that was good. That all was well for the future. But as somebody said to me only yesterday morning, I was talking to one of my clients, who's a big petrol <laughs> head, and he was saying that, mate. I can't believe that here we are, Formula One, a sport worth mega millions of dollars, a field of 22 cars and seven finish. In these days of technology and all the millions of dollars they throw at everything, that you can only get seven finishes. Yeah, so he said he thought it was pathetic and yeah. I reckon he was probably right too. One of these days there'll be an event where there are no finishes. Well, I mean, first year of Adelaide there was only seven finishes. Well, there were five out on the first lap. Mm. Yeah. But they still leave 17, so, you know, there's still a big attrition rate, another 10 gone after that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, and I hadn't thought of it like that, you know, because you, that's one of the things, I guess, about the TV coverage is that, you know, the, the cameras on the leaders or the, or the people dicing for places uh, up the podium, uh, you know, the podium and up the top end, the pointy end of the field. Um, so you don't tend to worry too much about the attrition rate, you just see people dropping out. But when you actually sit down at the end of it in the cold light of day and go, well, yeah, 22 starters, seven finishes in supposedly the highest echelon of motorsport worldwide, it is pretty pathetic, really. Yes, JP. Johnny's <laughs> just, just crunching away on a chip. <laughs> It's only a little personal moment. Oh, okay, that sounds fair. Yeah. So, well, um, moving internationally. Internationally. Alan uh, Simonson made his uh, debut at the Sebring 12 hour. Oh, that's right. With yep. Caffel in the Ferrari 430 GT2. Yep. Last weekend, a, uh, a very tough uh, circuit uh, in Florida, which is effectively part of an old. Um, uh, uh, airstrip owned by Don Panos who uh, has uh, several hotels and a golf course around uh, the um, the circuit very hot, bumpy tough on drivers paired with uh, Pierre Eret uh, the German who shared Alan's third place in his debut appearance at the Le Mans 24 hour last year and Jim Taffel uh, the owner of the team in the number 73 uh, Ferrari the, uh, it was a two car team the 71 car was uh, driven by Allen's 2007 Le Mans teammate at Virgo and also the GT2 
uh, Le Mans champion Rob Bell uh, and Dominic Farnbarsha and um, I can't remember who the other guy is that's okay Um, you've done well to remember all the ones that you did I reckon I can't remember no 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 it's just a fake anyway come to me in a minute come to me in a minute Um, which was probably a faster pairing in the 71 car than Allen's 73 car Um, clearly Allen would be the fastest driver and also qualified the car very very well Um, in uh, in fourth place or rather I should say that he practiced his best practice time was in fourth place but uh, he qualified in sixth but due to a crash uh, with the BK Lola Mazda that shut down the entire qualifying session and rendered the times uh, invalid, everyone had to revert to the practice session times to be able to um, uh, to determine yeah, qualifying yeah. times. <coughs> so third and fourth, uh, the two Tafel cars uh, were, the pole sitter was uh, 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 Brunei, the driver who had um, paired with Rob Bell in the fourth, fifth and sixth round of the Le Mans series, uh, taking Allen's place. So there's obviously a bit of a target there <laughs> um, in, in, in the nicest possible way. Uh, the, the 71 car struck some radiator problems early, early on. I don't know what exactly happened there, whether I think uh, Farnbusher actually had, had, had picked up some debris or might have touched a car in front but that delayed them somewhat and put the 73 car uh, ahead and uh, they basically ended up fourth which was um, a very good considering I think it was a 15 to 16 car field in GT2 which is uh, the the largest of them of the categories and uh, you really need to have your eyes on the mirror the whole time because this is the first time uh, in in racing history that uh, the Audi R10 the Peugeot 908 uh, uh, FDI um, HAP and the uh, LMP2 or the P2 Porsche, Porsche. Spider, yeah. which uh, ended up winning the event, um, were on the same track together. So that's a lot of time you need to uh, be looking in your mirrors because yeah, there because are a lot of faster cars. Up on you. Now that is uh, <coughs> a very important the thing to note that you need to be able to look in your mirrors um, and even though Alan was the fastest driver he spent a lot of time looking in his mirrors until it fell off Oh, great. and he had no mirror <laughs> so he said that was pretty interesting um, but you know we, we, we lost a bit of time putting the mirror on mm. in the pits um, and probably could have got on the podium um, Alex Davison who Alan had co-driven with in the Autobahn, yes. Larry Perkins' car back in 2005, uh, was uh, partnering uh, Mark Lieb, the uh, the, the previous um, uh, 9 to 2006 and 2005 Le Mans uh, GT2 champion uh, to uh, the second place position. Uh, Mark Lieb also having won uh, the Nürburgring 24-hour event last year. So I think a very good uh, debut into the American series. Great photography come across from uh, our friend Rick Dahl. Oh yeah, Rick did. Rick and did this, um, yeah. I uh, I look forward to uh, joining up with the uh, the team of um, of um, uh, 
far, of, of Tafel Racing yep. um, at uh, the Le Mans 24 hour in June where Alan is confirmed to be driving in the fast lineup of Dirk Mueller and um, probably the other driver, Dirk Mueller. There you yeah, go. Dirk Mueller and Dominic Farnbarcher and Alan Simonson and as Alan had said to me uh, just the other day, I got no need to be keeping on my toes. <laughs> I said, so uh, from you know, from a man who does only uh, three things in life: race cars, <laughs> sit in planes, and have sex. Um, uh, I think that's uh, something he needs to uh, address. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. So he's he's going well, the old man. No doubt about that. Fourth for David Brabham in the Acura. Ah, is that right? Yes, in the oh, okay. Acura. Um, Andretti, no, not Highcroft, uh, uh, Highcroft Racing uh, um, LMP2. And LMP2 cars shot, LMP2 cars won, uh, not P1 cars. Now, right. I'll have to have some more analysis of that. And I'm looking forward to international. Yes. Um, uh, Paulie being on the phone because he actually suggested the other day in a chat that it was time that he got on the show again. Well, it probably is, actually. He'd be He's good been for a bit neglected. Of all that. He has been a bit neglected. Do a good uh, job. Yeah. Get a nice Maurice Lacroix watch. And while we're talking about um, Paulie and, you know, we're um, digging up old news. Hello, mate. <laughs> JB drove Al's car. Yes. And, uh, on the weekend. So right. neither, of them, neither of them can survive very well in the same hemisphere right. together let alone in the same car. I can't imagine that uh, Alan will like sitting in that seat again, but John Bauer did a, uh, was called up by Mark Coffey to drive the Coopers uh, Ferrari 430 GT3 at the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, he didn't set it on pole. Uh, it was second place he achieved, yet pole was won by Hector Lester, Alan's British GT yep. teammate in the, uh, the 430 uh, GT3 uh, that he brought out from Europe. And Alan will be joining him this weekend for the opening round of British GT at Alton Park oh, in Alton Park. Okay. Brit is it Alton? Alton. O U L T O N. So um, uh, yes, JB won the first race. Yeah. Got punted uh, off by uh, John Caius, or, or uh, uh, there was a breaking incident in uh, the second <laughs> race, and won the third, but came out to win the round for the weekend. Now that can actually be good for Alan because someone winning the round and taking maximum points means that he continues to lead the championship because a new driver that didn't take any points previously yes. has uh, come in and taken the points um, uh, and, uh, yep. and that's good for business. So he continues to lead the GT uh, championship in oh. Australia. Very good. Very good. And yeah, so isn't that weird? But you know, here we are. How many years later? From two thousand, well, eight years later, and uh, and there's JB in in the driving the car of um, of the person that you're looking after. Not as happy a JB as we've previously known, but that's uh, not really for us to comment on. Okay. Sounds fair. New MacBook Pro's JP, not yes. B. I have to say. Finally, I yep. get my hands on the new 2.6 Penryn processor, 
MacBook Pro 17 inch next week. I can't wait for it. I've been finally getting here, Johnny. But, but, but the, we've been waiting for these new machines. We have. And these ones that aren't giving so much greater performance uh, in, uh, in in throughput, although they're a massive improvement on the current uh, uh, unit that I have there. Yeah. Uh, but their battery life is significantly improved. Oh, yeah. Well, that's and, got LED uh, backlights. LED, that helps. LED backlighting. Yep. And uh, I've gone for the full... 200 mm, uh, the, the 200 gig 72 it's the full wazza isn't it it is absolutely there's nothing you, you won't know yourself shut up you'll be working that fast Fears. actually like i you'll decided be able to churn through the world actually, i didn't go for the 2.6 processor i actually kept with the 2.5 i thought for the 479 dollars what was the point of having a point one one of a gigahertz yeah exactly what yeah. i don't know what is the point what you tell me i mean you tell don't me know. So I'm looking forward to all that, and, um, but I'm unfortunately, uh, like you're not alone with your inability to be able to provide equipment. Um, it's not your fault. Uh, definitely uh, my experience talking on the phone to the Apple store this week, they were exceedingly keen to want me to cancel my order uh, with you and buy it online, um, even oh, though nice I said... Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I said, but, but I, I want to yeah. do business with, with my, the people that I do business with, and they'll also be doing a better price. No, 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 we're, we, 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 we can cancel their order. And I said, oh, but if nice. you can cancel their order, then you can tell me where my laptop is. Oh, and I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, they can't tell us, so why would they be able to tell you? But I think that's just very, very yeah. bad It's been bad a nightmare, ethics. honestly. It's, it's just been a total nightmare. It's not getting any easier. Uh, you know, I mean, and the thing from my perspective is all weekend, if you watch the TV, if you watch the Grand Prix coverage, you would have seen all these ads for MacBook Air, for the new MacBook Air, and um, we can't get them. They're still made of unobtainium. I mean, I've, we've got orders in the system, blah, blah, blah. Spoke to uh, our local guy um, who runs out of Perth. Uh, I think Sonia spoke to him the day before yesterday. Uh, was told something along the lines of don't hold your breath for anything this month it'll be likely be April before you see any MacBook Airs now you know this is a pro a product that's been out now for what six weeks uh, or four weeks have you got what got you you got a demo we've got unit? one demo unit and that's it and then we've got orders in the system and they're just sitting there sitting have you got there. a lot of orders well, we've probably got, uh, I would, there's at least half a dozen that I know of, and I'm pretty certain that Sonia's got a few others. I don't think, I, um, I really, I think they've missed the, missed the mark there a little bit. I, I well, think there's a I lot think of criticism the, about think, the lack of DVD back, drive or I CD think that drive. back in this country, in, in our country, like, the, the ability to install software on it yeah. really means you need another computer. Yeah. Well, you can't. Otherwise, you really are up, you're up, yeah. up shit creek, aren't you? Yeah. And who wants to lug around? I mean, what's the point of having the world's thinnest laptop if you've got to lug a separate CD, DVD drive around to install stuff on it? It is the perfect solution if you have a small to medium business with a IT department that is managing what they want on the laptop. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that it is a netboot product, meaning that it's... A, we talked about before that you come into an environment where there's an XServe that identifies your laptop through the MAC address and yep. automatically boots, boots it, it. Yep. exactly into the configuration <coughs> that you want and, and all, all your data is coming off there exactly. on 802.11 in. Very, very clever. No, I mean, the biggest sales so far have been people who travel a lot. 
and they just don't want to, you know, it's they don't want to be lugging. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. People like that. People who just go overseas a lot and they don't want to be lugging this huge thing around with them and they can just put everything they need on it and that's it. Boof, off they go. So, yeah. But, unobtainium, I'm afraid, at the moment. 100%. So, we'll see. We will see. Steaks and barbecues? Yes, steaks and barbecues. Anything indeed. interesting going on in that neck of the W, mate? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of uh, nice-looking Barbies out there at the moment. I have to say, I've said I had a bit of a look look round on the weekend. Went down to um, uh, Saturday morning. Went, Laney wanted to go and look at some furniture. So in the same complex, there was a barbecues galore. So she was doing the furniture thing, and I just had a sort of a cruise around and. Uh, there are certainly a, a few innovations in that area now. You know, so, I mean, stainless steel is actually on the wane. It would appear at last. Well, could people realise they can't keep it clean? Exactly, and it's such a pain. And so a lot of um, uh, Weber-style, um, what would you call it? Um, uh, like the powder coat, enamelled steel yeah, is coming back again. Laptop, but so. it's nice. Yeah, it's nice and easy to keep clean. You know, you don't have to worry about. If it gets wet or, you know, a couple of fat... The unluckiest barbecue in the world. Yeah, and, yeah, and <laughs> shut up. And, but they've, they've, oh, they've got hoods now with a bit of glass in it so that you can see what's going on, although that, that in itself is probably just as bad as the stainless steel. Oh, absolutely. There's worse, nothing, worse, nothing worse than a dirty window. <laughs> I don't know. You can't get all that clean. That's it. just killing me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I suppose from that point of view, maybe not. But it looks impressive in the shop. Bryce Washington had a fairly oh, good weekend his, uh, at the Australian Grand Prix, but um, it all came undone on the final race. He was definitely on track for uh, third for the weekend outright um, and has amassed a, a significant amount of points to make him fifth for the weekend. But uh, on the second lap of the final race, um, up towards turn 11 or 12, He's, uh, it's a left-hander, and he's come out with David Russell very close on his tail and, and come out to push him wide. He hasn't given him a lot of room, but probably just enough. It's a bit dubious. It's a racing incident. Russell's got his legs on the grass, no. and uh, and then he's got into the just slightly into the door of Bryce, which has turned Bryce around, and he's ended up going backwards up the road and having a heavy impact on the barrier with the um, right rear. rear. Yep. Uh, bear in mind they are left-hand drive cars, uh. so that's the safe side for him as, as a driver. Um, disappointing, and uh, obviously it's uh, you know gonna require a significant amount of effort there from Sonic to, to be able to, to rectify that. Yeah. But I think he's enjoying his racing more than he has uh, because he's focusing on the one Championship. Um, oh yeah. Yes. Things. So he had a good weekend. All, all in all, yeah, I mean, I, all in all, he had a pretty good weekend. Well, look, he amassed some more points. Look, I, he got away from Clipsal. Yeah. He got away from Clipsal without yeah. any panel damage, and that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, true. And and I think that the, it's probably less damage to have been done there. So it's you know, pull the yeah. engine out, redo the rear rails and stuff like that, and so on. Yeah. Very good. Well, mate, I think that's it. Yeah, well, I can't I've really had a gutful. You've had nothing, and you're starving, hungry, and Chinese is calling. Actually, I can smell something cooking somewhere. It smells very nice. So that's probably making us even more hungry. So I guess we better just call it a day then. And park time for dogs. Absolutely. Park time it is. See you next week. Good night, viewers.
박찬 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 